Welcome, everyone. Thanks for tuning into this week's Find You Fitness podcast on supplements. I purposely waited this far into the podcast to speak about supplements because it's such a touchy topic for a lot of people, and there's so much varying information about what supplements you should take. Remember that what you hear on my podcast is me going on 10 years of experience and research that I put into topics like this to help people like you. And with the Find You Fitness podcast, it's about finding what works best for you. I'll give you my experiences, and that's not only from my own trials and errors, but from working directly with clients as well. Today, you're going to hear about the supplements I take, the ones that I stay away from, and where to find quality sources of the supplements that you do take. That's going to be a good portion of this episode. If you guys like the podcast, please give it a share on your Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, anywhere. Just click on the three dots next to the episode, hit share link or copy link or whatever, and post it. Even one share helps this podcast reach an entirely new audience that I haven't even spoken to yet. I have actually been off of social media since, let's see, this podcast is going out on the 12th uh, since Monday morning, so it's only been four or five days. Um, But I am going on a two-week binge off of social media, so if you do share something, uh, I don't think I'm ignoring it. Don't think I don't see it. I just I'm off social media. I'll probably get off. I'll probably get back onto it uh, in in a week and a half. So I'll probably go a full two weeks off of it. Uh, I didn't announce it on my social media or anything because honestly, I don't think that uh, that's something I have to do. But with the podcast, I can talk about whatever the hell I want to talk about, and that's something that I've I'm purpose, purposely brought up. So I am off of social media for two weeks, and honestly, I'm doing a lot of that. Because I found that, you know, with everything going on in today's society, there's a lot of toxicity right now. And I found myself getting on social media and I would be on Facebook scrolling through. Someone would, and I, this is the only thing political I'm ever going to say, probably on the podcast. Someone said, you know what, fuck it, burn it all down. And I was thinking, you know what, like my father has a business in a downtown district Um would you say that if it was his place getting burned down? So anyways, um, I was going through Facebook. I was deleting a lot of people that I didn't think I would ever delete. I was avoiding people. Um, Instagram, I was unfollowing a lot of pages. And honestly, I found that every time I was getting on social media, I was getting uh, very upset and I was getting very mad at just different things. And when I realized that, I was like, you know what? If that's where I that's where I am currently, then I should take a step back. Just turn it off for a week, or two, or three, or four. So uh, that's where I'm at currently, and then so far I think it's been good. You know what? I pull up my phone when I would typically get on social media. I realize I don't have it. I close my phone. I turn it off, and I go do something. And it's been pretty freaking awesome so far. So I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Sorry about the little uh, side story, but it is relevant, and I can talk about it what if I want to. So. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast on supplements. I had a long run last week. It was 20 laps around the track. It was a five-mile run, and I don't know why exactly I chose the track. I haven't been to one in so long. I was like, I got to get to the track. But then I was running. I ran eight, uh, or sorry, yeah, no, eight 1,000-meter runs, which is basically like two and a half laps around a track. And... I don't know why I decided to run that on a track. I knew that I was going to get precisely a thousand meters, but it got so boring just running in ovals or circles (laughs) the whole time. But while I, while I was running, I couldn't help about think about something related to today's topic. 
You know, many people think about just themselves when they give advice to something health and fitness related. You know, it goes like this, you know, this worked for me, so it's going to be what works for you. Whether that be in regards to a supplement or an exercise regimen or whatever. Most of the time, these people never stop to think that maybe it isn't what that person needs. Maybe they should actually be focusing on another aspect of their nutrition or health before using this or that supplement. It's one thing to figure out what works best for you, but it's a whole new monster when you're trying to figure out what works best for someone else. It makes sense if you think about it. I mean, you can't feel for them. You likely don't know what their daily life is as far as diet, exercise, uh, mood, or stress, or what they're genetically predisposed to, things like that. It's really easy to get carried away when you have success off of using a certain supplement. You know, dude, you have to try this supplement or diet or lifestyle. I swear it's helped me so much. I hear it all the time, and especially when people uh, who, in particular, start start things like keto or a vegetarian diet or something like that. Heck, even a few weekends ago, I had uh, someone talk to me and swear that beans had changed their lives. I'm not. I'm not even kidding. Uh, she's a very sweet lady, but she was. I, she was convinced beans had changed her life. And you know, the thing is, is I have no problem with any of it. I don't have a problem with you saying that. I just beg you to look at the bigger picture. That's what I try to open your eyes to do, open your mind to do, is just look at the bigger picture. Like, do you swear that because you're a vegetarian, you're healthier? Or was it because when you became a vegetarian, you swore off fast foods like McDonald's and Burger King and whatever, and have overall implemented a healthier lifestyle? Those are the seeds that I want to plant into your head with anything a diet, a supplement, an exercise regimen, no matter what. Uh, so many people make these incredible life changes on something and they swear by, you know, it was the vegetarian diet, it was the keto diet, or it was CrossFit, or it was bodybuilding or powerlifting. But you have to look at the bigger picture um, and say, maybe, hmm, was it this specific exercise regimen or did I just really enjoy it? And it got me in the gym day in and day out and I just saw progress that way or this diet has changed my life, um, maybe it was just because I cut out the fast foods or I started eating healthier whole foods, things like that. Over the years, I've done this with supplements. The first supplement I ever took was a protein powder. I couldn't tell you what kind it was. All I know is that I probably bought it from Walmart. I didn't really understand uh, what a supplement was. I thought that I had to take a protein powder to put on muscle. But the thing is, a supplement is something meant to supplement your current diet, always and forever. I didn't understand that, and a lot of people now don't. So my diet would be so out of whack, but I was taking that protein powder. I mean, I would be eating all sorts of fast food, Wendy's, Bojangles, uh, doesn't matter. I would be eating it, but I would hit that protein powder or hit that uh, protein shake after my workout. You know, in reality, it should be taken how I take protein now. Ideally, I get my protein through whole foods, and if I don't get enough within the day, then I take a protein powder. A question I commonly get asked is if I take a protein, pow protein powder every day, and the answer is no. No, I don't. In fact, I just ordered some protein, and it's named, I think, Whey Isolate. Whey isolate. Uh, it's my protein. I have it just in case like there's a day that goes by and I'm low in protein or a day that I know I'm going to be on the run a lot or I'm going to be traveling and I need to get that protein in and I know it's going to be hard to get it 
uh, through what activities I have planned for the day. That's usually what I use protein for. And by the way, if you're interested in how much protein to eat in a day, uh, shameless plug here, check out episode 36 on Calorie Counting 101. I go into a lot of depth on that episode with how to break up your calories throughout the day and how to know how much protein to take in, how many carbs, how many fats, that kind of thing. So I think that after I ordered that Walmart protein powder, I started getting curious about pre-workout. Everyone in the gym was taking pre-workout. C4 pre-workout was very popular then and it's still very popular now. But I would hear mixed reviews about it from friends and how it's full of like artificial sugars and some dangerous ingredients and this and that. And honestly, the artificial sugar thing, it didn't bother me. It wasn't like I was eating entirely clean anyways. I mean, if I could avoid the artificial sugars, I would, but I just didn't. And I really didn't do too much research on the ingredients that apparently were like really bad for me. And not only until a few years into it did I discover a website that has really changed my life on how I buy my supplements. I'd give the credit away to whomever introduced me to this website, but I can't remember who or where I heard it from. But the website is called labdoor.com, L-A-B-D-O-O-R.com. So what this company does, they, they research practically every popular sup- supplement out there. And they do it by buying the supplements just as we do from the store. And then they test the supplement to see how accurate the label actually is. Because supplements are not regulated by the FDA for their accuracy and safety, they technically don't have to be honest with what's in them. Now, if someone discovers that they're lying with what is on their ingredient list, that company is probably going to face a ton of lawsuits and scrutiny from the public, probably never be trusted again if they were even to remain open. But Labdoor, it's an independently ran company, so they're not persuaded persuaded or funded by a certain company to prove that their label is accurate. That's the big thing. That's basically like uh, the the negative side of this would be, let's say something like Coca-Cola, and this is actually a true story. Uh, Coca-Cola running a, or they were funding a research on St saying things like soda isn't actually bad for you. It's just a lack of exercise that is bad for you. So soda is okay, but the problem is, is when you don't exercise. So they funded a research study to basically persuade the research team to conclude to that statement. And that actually did happen. But anyways, with Labdoor, They rate supplements based off of several different factors, with a big one being the label accuracy. So if a protein powder says it has 25 grams of protein in it on the label, they test it for that and report that number to the public. And I've actually got the website pulled up right here, and I'm looking at the top-rated protein, which is from Legion, uh, L-E-G-I-O-N, and they are a very quality uh, supplement company. They're actually like top of the leaderboards as far as uh, quality rankings on Labdoor for like almost every supplement they have. It's really cool. Uh, So they tested uh, their protein. The label claims it has 23 grams. And when they tested it, they found that it has 22.5 grams. I'm not sure what like the felling percentage would be for that, but this is considered a passing sample. I mean, they're only off by 0.5 grams. That's awesome. And that's just one example. You can find these statistics with uh, any like BCAAs, 
creatine, pre-workout, fish oils, multivitamins, protein bars, which I use a lot for protein bars, uh, CBD oil. Uh, they even have like dark chocolate up here. It's, it's a lot of different things. So let's, uh, let's go over a full report on one. And I, I really shouldn't have to say this, but I'm not like sponsored by Labdoor or anything. It would be kind of cool if I were, I guess, but the website is just so awesome. And I feel like so many people don't know about it and what a better platform to, convey this message that, hey, when you go buy supplements, go on labdoor.com and look at what you're buying and look at the ingredients in it and for its safety and its uh, label accuracy, things like that. So let's do the C4. C4 is a super popular pre-workout. I used to use this like a lot. Uh, so overall, C4 got a Labdoor score of 71 out of 100. So that's a C-. minus. It's not very good. It's passing, I guess, but you know, that's not, that's not too good. So it's label accuracy was a 59 out of 100. That's pretty bad. There's a few ingredients found in it that the C4 label says that it did not, or sorry, that the label said that the label did not say it contained. The caffeine content in the C4 pre-workout was 6% over what the label said. Beta alanine, uh, which is what that is the stuff that gives you like the tingles, and that tingling sensation from pre-workout was 9.5% above what the label claimed. And the product purity was a 97 out of 100, which is just making sure it doesn't have too much like cadmium, lead, mercury, things that you really don't need <laughs> at all. Um, the nutritional value was a 99 out of 100, which is honestly kind of a free score uh, because it's like five calories in the whole thing. So uh, it's kind of a free score, but Anyways, for ingredient safety, it received a 52. And I'm going to read exactly what it says here. This product contains asulfamate potassium, ACE-K, otherwise known as ACE-K, which is a controversial artificial sweetener linked to a negative influence on taste preference. Pending research, pending research, is testing hypotheses regarding ACE-K's negative effects on cognitive function, prenatal development, and carcinogenicity. Also, this product contains sucralose, which is Splenda. Considered a safer artificial sweetener, sucralose has been suggested to be a trigger of migraines in, in those who have previously suffer, suffered from migraines, but has shown no conclusive carcinogenic, reproductive, or neurological adverse effects in existing clinical research. And then it stated that blue number one has been linked to increasing incidence of allergies and hypersensitivity. And then finally, the projected efficacy was also a 52. That's basically about how well the body can absorb and use the ingredients on listed on the label. And that's what gave it a score of a 71. When, when you get to reading all that, it sounds kind of scary, doesn't it? I mean, negative impacts of cognitive function, prenatal development, that's kind of that's kind of a scary thing to read. And it really, when I started checking this website out, it really kind of opened my eyes to say, hmm, you know, should I actually get, you know, the C4? What are some of the higher rated stuff? Maybe I should get some of that. So since I discovered the site, I mean, I use it for absolutely everything I can. I don't necessarily buy the highest rated product from the site because the higher the rating, the higher the price, which is unfortunate, but you do get what you pay for. So let's talk a little bit about what I get. I know everyone wants to know about that, right? 
So I know I told you guys about that protein powder. It, it's the My Protein Impact Whey Isolate is, is the name of it. Um, it's got a 91.2 rating on Labdoor, and honestly, I love it. It's really not that expensive. Uh, one bag of 40-ish servings, it's probably going to take me three or four minutes three or four months to run through. I think maybe like maybe it was like 30 bucks or something like that for the 40 scoops. Um, <clears throat> but I take it pretty sparingly. It lasts me such a long time. So for the longest time when it comes to pre-workout, uh, I ditched it. I stopped taking it. When I started up CrossFit, I realized I really didn't like have any kind of urge to take it i just and this sounds cheesy but i really had so much fun just showing up to the gym however since then i have bought some and i use labdoor for it as well and the pre-workout i get is called it's called citadel pre-workout you know buy some if you're thinking about pre-workout buy some sure uh just buy a healthy kind or high quality kind use this website to do so but don't rely on it if you find that you cannot work out, you, you find that you cannot work out without having to take pre-workout, that's an issue. I use mine for days when I'm tired, if I've had a long day at school or anything like that, and I need some pick-me-up. That's what it's meant to be for. If you feel like you take it too much, maybe cycle off of it for two to three weeks and see how you do. Just just make sure you're buy- the pre-workout you're buying is just good quality stuff. Lastly, I take creatine. I was so scared to take this one when I first sto- when I first started working out. It, it probably was about a year or so in to working out did I start taking creatine. I heard a story once when I was in college of a kid who was taking it and he was in a fraternity or he was rushing a fraternity. And obviously, like, you know, some fraternities haze their, uh, their pledges and one day they had him out doing like an absurd amount of push-ups on the lawn or something like that. And I had, had heard that this kid was taking creatine and basically his like arm exploded. I, and I don't even think that can actually happen, uh, but I'm not 100% sure. I don't really know exactly how that worked, uh, but it scared me. I was like, dude, I'm not taking creatine for that. <laughs> and I had also heard the kid wasn't drinking any water. And I know that's a huge problem with creatine. And the main thing with it is that you have to make sure you're drinking enough water with creatine. So I pulled up a few research studies here just to kind of explain to you uh, this as far as how it's stated in the, in the studies. Um, so increased muscle creatine concentrations are associated with changes in the intracellular, os- intracellular osmotic pressure resulting in movement of water into the cell, water retention, and then some weight gain. And when you exercise... This is where the two, not enough water could be a problem. And when you exercise, if water has trouble moving back out of the cell, it can cause things like muscle cramping or in extreme cases, kidney dysfunction. The moral of the story, though, is just drink enough water to compensate for it. I know that can sound scary, but I've never come close to having any problems. I drink at least a gallon of water a day. I make sure I do it. And when I started taking creatine, I was like, man, I have got to make sure I drink enough water because I don't want to end up like that kid who, whose arm blew up or whatever the case that was. Uh, but I guess it scared me straight enough to make sure I abide by how much water I drink. I've been taking creatine for, let's see, probably five to six years. Um, it's not cheating. It's not a steroid. It's not anything like that. Uh, creatine is actually the most researched supplement out there. 
and is proven safe uh, and effective for use. Um, creatine, what it's really meant to do is it's meant to improve the performance of the phosph phosphagen energy system, which what that does is it provides greater resistance to fatigue and it also improves performance. Um, we actually take in some creatine from foods like red meats, but research shows that we can benefit from consuming more via a supplement if you can't get that more from like your red meats. I take creatine by bulk supplements, and of course, I bought it off Labdoor. It has a 92.3 rating on Labdoor. Uh, if you guys have noticed by now, you know, I, every, every supplement that I take, I go to Labdoor to find it. And when I get on Labdoor, I look at the highest rated one and I'll go on Amazon and I'll see what the price is for it. If it's something that's astronomical for how many servings it has, I don't buy it. I go down to the next one. There's some that'll be like two, three, four dollars for per scoop. Uh, so like you could buy uh, some 15 serving protein for $60. That's ridiculous. I'm not, do I'm not doing that. I, I guess I can't say it's ridiculous, but um, I'm not going to spend that kind of money on that. And I'll buy a, I guess, a slightly less quality uh, supplement at a more reasonable price. And also, you know, that factors in too, is if I spend less on a protein powder, you know what I can spend more on is some actual whole foods. That way I can get my protein in through the way that we're supposed to get it in. So what's next? I used to take, I also used to take BCAAs. That's a, that's one I used to take. I've, I've heard so much conflicting information on this for the longest time. I used to love them and then I hated them and then I loved them again for a little bit and now I'm back on the other side of that where I don't really think they're necessary. From what I understand in the research now, and, and it makes sense, is that you don't need BCAAs unless you're struggling to consume enough protein. And if you're struggling to consume enough protein, then you should just eat more protein. If you struggle to do so because you're a vegetarian and you struggle to get enough protein in from that, then okay, like maybe you could benefit from some BCAAs, but you should probably just like focus on getting in your protein, like through protein powder first at all, like anyways. So it's kind of how I feel about that. I'm going to, and then I'm going to end on this for the day. Cycling supplements. This is a very popular question I get asked a good bit. And speaking from personal experience, I can't lean one way or the other in regards to cycling things like creatine. Uh, Pre-workout, sure. Cycle it to give yourself a break since you're probably needing more and more each day or each week or each month to give yourself that beta alanine tingle, that sensation, that caffeine rush that makes you want to like bounce off the walls. Uh, I would cycle pre-workout just like we should all probably cycle coffee. Uh, since when you first started drinking coffee, a cup buzzed you to high heavens, to the high heavens. And then nowadays you need like a whole pot to stimulate any sort of brain cells that you may have. Um, in those cases, that's when I would start cycling it. When it comes to things like creatine, you know, I'll, I've cycled creatine before. I actually cycled it not too long ago. Uh, when this whole at-home workout or these quarantine workouts were going on, I was like, well, you know what? I don't ever really cycle it. I don't really think I need to. Uh, the research says you don't really need to, but hmm, let's just give it a shot. I'm, my workouts are nowhere near at 
maximum effort and intensity as they usually are. Let me just cycle it now. And then when I get back into things, into the gym and working out hard, I'll just get back on it. We'll see if it makes a difference. I've probably been back on creatine now for three or four weeks after taking a you know maybe four or five week hiatus from it. Honestly, I feel like nothing's different. To someone else that will try that, maybe they'll feel completely different about it. But that's kind of the name of the game. So when it comes to cycling, I mean, use your best judgment. Creatine, maybe not so necessary to cycle it. Uh, pre-workout, definitely. I think everyone should definitely be able to cycle pre-workout. If you get to a point where you can't, you feel like you need it for your workout or you can't work out. I used to be like that. Um, I used to get to the point where I could take pre-workout, and I've said this before in the podcast, but I could take pre-workout and then still not feel motivated enough to work out and go home. That's that's sad. Uh, that's bad, too. That's sad as well. Um, and so if you feel like you're at that point, maybe it's time to kind of step back and you know reevaluate why you work out in the first place. Because if you can't get motivated enough and you're taking too much and you're taking pre-workout and you still can't get your butt in the gym to work out or finish your workout or whatever, maybe you're doing too much. Maybe the focus and love for what the modality of fitness you're doing is not there. Or yeah, maybe you've got other things on your mind, on your plate. You just need to take a rest day. Uh, so I'm going to end the body there. I hope you guys like this podcast and I'm just going to shoot it to the outro. Remember guys, I, I really want to reiterate this. Supplements are just supplements. If your diet is all out of whack, you don't exercise at all or not consistently, then please, for the love of God, focus on that first. If you're working out like once a week and you're looking into taking creatine, uh, here's the sign that you've been waiting for. Don't do it. <laughs> Get consistent in the gym. Eat whole foods. Eat enough protein. Do that for six months straight and see what happens first. I promise you that if you do that consistently, you will see change. But sticking to all of that is what what is hard about this, but it's what you need to do. It reminds me, I probably should have said this earlier, but it reminds me, I was approached or we were approached, uh, my lifting buddy and I, uh, last week by a D1 baseball athlete who was asking about SARMs and should he take SARMs. SARMs, the, the best way I can describe SARMs is like a maybe, I don't even know if they're actually legal. I don't think they are. They may be, but it'd be like a legal or or knockdown version of steroids. And the damage that they do to you, from everything I understand, is still the exact same as steroids. But anyways, he's 20, 19, 20 years old and was curious about taking SARMs. Well, sure, he's a D1 athlete, but the man maybe gets in the gym two or three times a week. He fucks around and gets on the squat rack and maybe squats 135 for a few reps and then uh, calls it a day, goes inside, does some bicep curls, or gets on the treadmill, walks for 15 minutes while scrolling through Instagram, things like that. And it's like, dude, like you're going about this all wrong. Why, why in the world do you think it's beneficial for you to take a steroid and not work out consistently like that is that is cheating if you listening to this podcast or someone you know has expressed interest in taking a steroid or SARMs or any performance enhancing drugs you know my biggest piece of advice to you is maximize your genetic potential in the gym 
by working out, working your ass off and doing it the right way by eating healthy and making a change that way. Maximize your potential. Put in so much freaking work that you maximize what your body can genetically do and then take the drugs if you're still interested. Because I guarantee you by the time you maximize your potential and you get to that point and you ask yourself that question again, you're going to be like, damn, no, why would I do that now? I'm kicking ass. I look good. I feel good. I lift heavy. I'm strong. I'm good at whatever sport I play or whatever I do. Like, do I even need to take these drugs? That's kind of, it's, it's a very, it's a side tangent for sure, but it's definitely something that's been on my mind and I hear it a lot. And it's just scary when you hear someone so young say something like that and not realize that, dude, you actually need to work your ass off before you do even consider doing something like that. So I'm going to leave it, leave this one right here. If you guys like the podcast, please share it with your friends, uh, put it on your story, put it on your Facebook, whatever the case may be. And I will see you guys next week.